Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Well, oh man, I'm ready to preach. Are you ready to hear word? Before I do, um, I know they told you about the team showcases and all those things that are happening today, getting the connect group. We got over 30 connect groups. It's like the most we ever had. It's really awesome. Shout out to my fellas that started groups. I might roll up on that grilling and chilling group. You never know. Um, but I'm just proud of everybody that has decided to do that. And once again, it's like, don't, the worst thing that could happen is that you can come into a church service like this and you leave and make a connection with no one. That's like the worst thing that could happen because we pride ourselves on our mission which is to build strong families and build strong futures. How many of you know the family we're trying to build is the family of heaven, but we cannot build the family of heaven until we build your family. Trying to build your family. Because before we get to heaven, we got to live as a family down here, amen? So make sure you get in the group. And the other thing that I'm going to say is um, can't build families without marriage. We believe in the sanctity of marriage here at Cool Church. Been married to my beautiful wife for 15 years. Girl, if you leave me, I'm going with you. But I, I want to prom promote that. I want you to see it in our lives, but I want you to experience it for yourselves. Um, by the way, they're all singles connect groups, and they are co-ed. Just saying, you want to meet somebody? Meet them at a connect group. Okay. Um, but uh, for the folks that are married and are trying um, to honor the vows of your marriage, um, our, our marriage connect... They're actually a connect group in our marriage councils. Can we shout out, uh, shout out our marriage connect, our marriage councils? I love them. Uh, led by Harold and Sherry Danier. Give it up for them one time. They sitting right here in the front. Y'all stand up real quick so they can see y'all. I want to honor y'all today. Y'all give it up for them. You can't get married at Cool Church without going through them. Because we're going to make sure you seek some counsel first. Amen? Um, but they are doing something really awesome. And a, a bunch of other couples have already signed on. We're actually doing a marriage cruise in November. Um, so if you are married and you just need a couple days away from your children, it's like a two or three, two days or three, two days away from your kids. Because I love my child. But one day my child will grow up and leave me. And who's going to be left? That woman right there. So I'm going to make sure that I take uh, the proper time to spend with my spouse. I, I, listen, do not forsake date nights. Those things are important. The date you went on to get married need to be the same date you keep going on after you get married. And the church said, the flowers you bought her before you got married are the same flowers you need to buy her after you get married. And the church said, all the things you do before, don't get all lax just because you put a ring on it. And the church said? Yeah. So go on cruises, do things with other couples. You can't have a healthy marriage if you do not surround yourself with people that, are, that have healthy marriages. Amen? So they, they're, they're doing this couples cruise. It's awesome. Um, 
it's the lowest rate I've ever heard of on the planet for a cruise. So uh, if you want to do it, please see them in the courtyard. Uh, we're trying to get deposits as soon as we can. For those that have already signed up, praise God for you. But man, it's going to be two days in November that will change your life. So if you are a couple and you want to build your marriage, you just want to have some fun with your spouse away from your children, go on the couple's cruise in the church set. All right, that's all the announcements that I got. Now I'm ready to preach. Amen? So if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel. It's in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. We've been in a series called Family Matters. And um, the family matter that I want to discuss um, is family values. I believe that who you are is defined by your values and your values, they can be developed by default or by design. What am I saying? If people want to know who you are, you can allow life to just happen and those natural things will become your values whether you realize it or not. Or you can, you, can, you can determine, you can be specific, you can be intentional about your values. Listen, I don't want the world to dictate who I am. I, I know who I am, and I want to make sure that I dictate who I am. Amen? So I've defined values in my family. I've defined values personally based upon God's word, and we have values for this church because we know who we are. And not only do we know who we are, we know whose we are. Amen? So we've been talking about values. And the first value of Cool Church, let's see if you remember, but it probably is on the screen behind me. What's the first value of Cool Church? Oh, praise God. You can't do anything without love. If you're going to do something, do it in love. Amen? It's the engine. It's the thing that gets us going. And the second value is? Y'all should, should all get 100% on this quiz because it's literally right there. Family. I know the people online, y'all getting it too. Shout out to the online audience. Give it up for them as well. We love y'all. Family. I told you our mission is to build strong families and to build strong futures, okay? And we always want you to feel connected, man. Life is about relationship. Not just your vertical relationship with God, but your horizontal relationships with others. Amen? And then the third one is? Generosity. Man, I'm generous because I know nothing I have belongs to me. It all belongs to God. So generosity is not me tithing. That's me being obedient to God. But after the obedience of the 10%, anything I give above and beyond that, then I step into the realm of generosity. And that's when you really open up and unlock blessings that are 30, 60, 100 fold over. And the church said, I want to be a generous person with my time, talent, and my treasure. And last week, my dear brother, your worship pastor, Joel Marcellus, preached a word on our fourth value, and it is honor. We honor up, down, and all around. We don't honor people because just because of a position. We honor them because they are a person. One thing he got up here and said, I, I loved it. He said, before I honor um, Pastor Terrence as Pastor Terrence, I first have honored him as Terrence Wilson. He sees me as who I am before he sees my position. I don't care who walks in those doors. 
what they believe, where they come from, what they look like. We will honor them because we are all God's children. Amen. And today, get the luxury of talking about our fifth value. And I'm going to read this verse and then I'll tell you what the value is. And once again, it's already up there. So, you know what I'm going to talk about. Daniel 6, 3 says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps. Uh, satraps, a satrap is like a, a governor, for example. Um, and other definitions of that word also mean henchmen, but it's somebody that um, the king delegates a bit of authority to to carry out his will. Okay, so Daniel distinguished himself amongst the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. That's a good place to say amen. I'm going to read it again because it's so good. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And the church said... Today, if you're taking notes, and I believe that you should take notes, they might not help you right now, but they'll always point you back to a place in God's word that will help you when you need it the most. Today, if you want to take notes on this fifth part of Family Matters, I've entitled it this, The Spirit of Excellence. Spirit of Excellence. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew who was going to be in this place today, who's going to watch online today, that this message would reach some of the farthest places on the earth for those that chose to tune in. But God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray for hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that will always and only be about Jesus. For he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father except through him. God, I pray that your son will reveal himself to somebody in a new way, and I pray that we would leave this place knowing that we are not meant to live ordinary lives. We're meant to live extraordinary lives in Christ Jesus. I pray these things. Pray for the one, the one that needs to hear it the most. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, everybody said, Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise in this place today. What is excellence? The denotation or the definition of the word is the state of being excellent. <laughs> so, okay, well then what is excellence? So, excellent is possessing outstanding qualities or superior merit. It's remarkably good. That's what the word excellent means. And because excellent is our fifth value, we've been doing this throughout the entire series, trying to teach you how to write your own values. These are the values of the church, and I want to show you how we came up with them. So could you please put up that chart? for me. Thank you. Could y'all give it up for the production team? They just on point. Y'all making me look good right now. Praise God. So excellence is the value. You should probably take a picture of this if you want to learn how to write your own values. This is how we came up 
uh, with ours. But first, once you describe the value that you want to live by, you need a clarifying statement. So our clarifying statement for excellence is we do the best with what we have. We do more with less. We steward what God has given us well. And the church said, that's excellence. So then you need determinate disciplines. These are things that you will do on an everyday basis, things that are practical, practical nuggets or handles that you can live out this value by. Because you could say you have a value, but you don't live out the value. So we want to do things every day. So look, every day we are excellent with how we steward all that God has provided for us. Look at this. We maximize the potential of what has been entrusted to us. Here's a way to be excellent. We exercise, got real quiet, and are disciplined with what we put in our bodies. Body's a temple, amen? Okay, that's one way. Here's another way to be excellent. We read. That would change somebody's life today. I gotta, I, I, I gotta read something. Yes, even if it's one verse in the Bible. Like just read, read, read the newspaper, read something. Read, reading is fundamental. See, I grew up in the, I grew up in the 80s with reading Rainbow, man. Y'all don't know, y'all, y'all, come on, man. Take a look, it's in a book, it's reading Rainbow. Y'all ain't saved, I'm just kidding. I can go. Y'all better stop now, come on. You better read something. Reading is fundamental. We read, research, and focus to expand our minds while we ponder God's word to grow spiritually. Some people think like God's word is so overwhelming. Honestly, you might be reading too much at once. Read a verse and just think about it for a while. Just ponder it. That's such a healthy way to be in God's word. Isn't this real practical? It's practical. We care for all material possessions entrusted to us. Dwellings, vehicles, garments. Iron your doggone clothes. Oh, I just let the steam hit it when I'm in the shower. No! My child in middle school. And man, I, I, yo, we got to a point, I said, baby girl, you will not leave this house wrinkled. You are, what we do not. She has to iron her clothes the night before. There is an inspection. I want, I want to see the crease. You a Wilson, you ain't going to go outside looking crazy. Iron your clothes, etc. whatever else that means for you. By performing proper care and maintenance, whatever that may mean. You got a house, fix your house. You got an apartment, take care of your apartment. You got a car, go get an oil change for God's sake. I'm just trying to be practical. Oh, here's one I love my wife was talking about. We take our job seriously by being on time. Joel talked about that a lot last week. And when we show up to work, we work. What a novel idea. What you doing here today at work? Working. We show up to work. We work. I ain't come there to play. I came to work. 
When we start something, we finish it. We finish. And we work with integrity. We do our best even when no one is watching because we believe God is always watching. Amen? Things for you to keep in mind as you work in excellence. Bible verses. I love this. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. Some of you have silent quit because you're working for your boss and you're not working for God. The way I honor God should reflect in how I honor all people in all positions. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Some of you want to be influencers. Can I tell you excellence is the way to influence? <laughs> they didn't want to hear that because that requires work. It's not about how much you post. I'll be nicer next week. Here's the opposite. Because to know what you are, you have to know what you are not. The opposite is, we don't do mediocre. I'm not, are you mediocre? I'm not mediocre. I don't, I don't do, I'm a child of God. I am a one of one. Unless you're a twin, then that gets kind of weird. <laughs> Just kidding. And they're still individually different. But one of one. When God made you, he broke the mold. So you are not mediocre. God's children are not ordinary. We're extraordinary. Amen? Love talking about excellence. Honestly, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about, but it's also one of my favorite things to live out. Excellence is about a mindset that says things can always be better than the way that they are. I don't walk in life expecting things to always be this way. I'm always like, God, what's next? What, what, and what, what can I do? What part can I I play. I know I don't know enough because I can never know enough to, to, to know what I need to know. Like, I, what can I study? What can I research? How can I better myself today, God, to do what you have called me to do? Because I know where I am is not where you have called me to be because you've called me to something more. That's a mindset that you have to have. You can't live like, man, it's always going to be this way. You got, you got to believe for, for more. Excellence says, I can do better than this. How many of y'all love y'all parents out there? I love, oh, man, I love, I love. <laughs> parents are funny though, because parents will be more truthful with you than any other human on the planet. Your parents don't care. Parents are savages. Like my, my parents are both menaces to society. They will, they will let me know about myself. But the funny thing is, they do it in such a casual way, it's not even spiteful. It's not even me. Like, it's, like, it's like jokes, but it's like, like they're laughing. I'm like, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Literally four weeks ago, it was on a Sunday after church. I went to my father's house, my father and mother's house like I always do. And dad's always cooking the big meal and we chill. He's looking at me like, boy, what you gonna say right now? Depending on what you say is going to determine how you eat when you come to my house later. 
Dad, I'm sorry. Um, so I'm at my dad's house, and I'm eating or whatever, and I, you know, it's summertime. I'm just having a good old time in life, you know what I'm saying? And my dad, like, <laughs> he looks at me, and he, I know he ain't mean nothing, but I know he ain't mean nothing by it. But he looked at me, he's like, hey, Terry, you getting kind of big there, boy? casually on with, the, with his conversation like he never said it. And as I got the pork chop in my mouth, I'm like slowly pulling it away and dying on the inside. I'm like, did my dad just low-key call me fat? Like I was, I was like, he didn't even pay attention and nobody in the room there, but I, I, I was like, And I began to ponder and reflect on my life. And I asked my question, how did I get here? How did we get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. I looked down. is a little snug. Wait, it's kind of tight. And man, dad, I want to thank you. That junk made me so mad inside my spirit because I know me. When, 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 when I get on something, I'm like the most disciplined person on the planet. And I was like, what you been doing, T? Like, you've you been living good. You've been living a little bit too good. Because you've been living undisciplined. And from that Sunday on, for the last four weeks, I got on such a strict regimen. I've been working out every day. I drop off, I go straight to the gym for an hour. I'm sweating. I'm, I, I be sweating so much, I'm like, ooh, jo Joanne, look, look at this sweat. That's my fat crying, girl, look. I be going hard for like a, like a month. I been eating right. I, at the time when he said it, I can't even remember the last time I ate a vegetable. I've been eating my vegetables, y'all. I, I stopped eating gummy bears. It's my favorite thing on the world, in the world. I ate gummy bears for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I had to put the gummy bears aside. I said, I rebuke you, Harry Bow. <laughs> Stop eating bread. I'll make anything into a sandwich. You give me ice cream. I'm going to make an ice cream. I love bread, man. I cut it out. Say, man, I got to start doing stuff in moderation because I've just been living high on the hog. And I tell you, in this last month, I dropped 10 pounds. I, I could fit into this Tiger King shirt my wife bought me. I got more energy than I've had in a while because I was not comfortable with the way things were. The truth is, I only had a problem for as long as I was willing to accept that I had a problem. And he, if, you, if you remember nothing else from this entire message, remember this one statement. You cannot change what you are willing to tolerate.
You can't. You cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. You have to understand, excellent people don't accept things for the way they are, but they're always trying to see what they could be. We're not gonna tolerate mediocre. We're not gonna tolerate something being the way that it is. How many people right now are living in a situation because you did not demand excellence out of that situation? You've accepted the fact that your health will always be this way. Well, I've been husky my whole life, so I'm always be husky. You talking to the husky kid. I've been, having, I've been, I've been battling weight my whole life, but you know what I do? I, I fight it. I, I fight it. I have the propensity to blow up like a little Oompa Loompa. I do. And I can joke about myself because I know how hard I fight to be healthy. Some of you in this place have accepted, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to be prosperous. I'm going to live at this level of poverty or this level of income for the rest of, why do you accept that? You can't change what you're willing to tolerate. I wake up every day, it's like, man, I'm going to be a millionaire. I say, I, I just say that. But not only do I say it, I got the work ethic to back it up. Am I there yet? No, but man, I'm inching up there. I'm, I'm, I'm inching up that ladder. You, you, can't, you, can't just, you can't just expect things to change and you're not willing to do something about it. So some of us have been willing to accept the abusive relationship that we're in. You get verbally abused or physically abused just because he or she said that they love you. You just accept it and you tolerate it so you cannot change it. That's not what God has for you. The Bible is very clear about what a loving relationship looks like. It's, it's, it's not abuse. It's not isolation. It's not disrespect. For love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps no record of right or wrongs. It does not boast. It is not easily angered. If you're in a relationship and it's the opposite of what I just said, why are you accepting that? You cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. You've accepted that job because you don't think you can get a better one. Now listen, I, I am always going to tell you, do not leave the raft until there is a boat for you to grab onto. To me, I'm quitting. And then you're like, hey man, can I get a handout? Stop that. You can be working and still working on something else. What I will say, though, is while you're still working, do not silently quit. <laughs> you can still work well while working on something else. If you've accepted that things will always be this way, then it will. We got to get to a place where we understand that we cannot be willing to tolerate things because the things that you tolerate will be the things that will never change in your life. Excellent people don't accept the problem for what it is. They work the problem until they come up with a solution. I love excellent people because they never give up. 
One of my personal values for our family, the Wilsons, and it's, it's not a cool church value, but honestly, it can be lumped into excellence is perseverance. We never give up. I look at my daughter every day. We don't, hey, we don't give up on, we don't quit. We do not quit. When you have an excellent spirit, you don't quit. You say, you know what? This way didn't work, but this way might. Because why? We don't quit. Why? Because what do we say about excellence? We finish the things that we start. So many of us get in this habit, man. We quit everything. We quit. Quitting is one of the most toxic things that you can allow the enemy to infiltrate your mind with. You should just quit. You should just, because by, by, by quitting, it's saying that you do not have the ability to do what God has put in your heart to do. If I'm made in the image of God, if I have limitless potential, then I have to believe that I can do all things. So what am I quitting for? They say quitters never win and people, people get mad and they quit because they failed. Failing and quitting is two totally different things. I, 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 have, I have preached this time and time again. If you have been at Cool Church for a while, you've heard me say what I'm going to say right now because I've always said it and I will continue to say it in the spirit of excellence. Don't be a quitter. Be a failure. Quitters never try again. Failures know what not to try again. I'll fail a hundred times, but eventually I'm going to get it. Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player to ever live. Don't at me. Don't, don't cop. I don't care. He had a famous quote that says, I failed over and over and over and over again in my life. That's why I succeed. Failure is not final. Failure teaches you lessons that quitting never can. Don't be a quitter, be a failure. Quitters never try again. Failures know what not to try. Again, when you have an excellent spirit, you keep going until you find the answer. And if I really want to break down what an excellent spirit looks like, I, I, want, I want to tell you from God's word, because I could tell you all these cute quotables that you'll you, you put on Twitter and Instagram later, but I really want to show you what it looks like in God's word. Amen? There are very few people in the Bible that I believe have a spirit as excellent as Daniel. Having an excellent spirit is something that you have. I want to say this for the believers in this room and for the non-believers in this room. You can love Jesus and you cannot love Jesus and you can still have an excellent spirit. Doesn't matter. Like you having an excellent spirit can translate no matter what you believe. This is why we see people that don't love Jesus and they seem so successful. There's a mentality there, there's, there, there's a spirit that they say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to figure this thing out. And whatever I do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I love, I love Daniel because he had this, this excellent spirit. And I, I, if, if, if I could just kind of give you a little historical context on Daniel. Daniel was one of um, the, the, the Hebrews that got taken into exile. The, the, the Israelites, they had to go into exile for 70 years under Babylonian rule because they disobeyed God. They disobeyed God and God was sick of it. He gave them chance after chance after chance. They could not get it right. So because God punished all of them, even the good folks like Daniel got lumped in with the punishment. 
and he had to go into exile under King uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and he served him along with, you heard those names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He served the king. They took the best and the brightest, right? They took, they took the smartest. And, and Daniel, he was so smart. He was smarter than everyone else in Babylon. He, 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 I mean, he, he outworked Everyone, so much so that he was always a, a, a king's aide. Now, I, I love this about Daniel because he served king after king. After Nebuchadnezzar, he served Belshazzar. Belshazzar was a wicked king, and you hear that story in the Bible about, um, you hear that saying, the writings on the wall? You ever heard that? It comes from a biblical story where literally like a, a, a hand from heaven came down and started writing prophecies on the wall of King Belshazzar's palace because he was wicked and God was about to take him out. So when you're coming to the end, they say the writings on the wall that comes from the Bible. So after Belshazzar came King Darius. And this is where we find ourselves in the story. So three kings out of, out of all the kings. Guess what? They left. Daniel was still there. Daniel was consistent. Why? Because Daniel was excellent. He found favor with every king he ever came in contact with because of his excellent spirit. So I just want to give you four quick things that excellence will do for you. You ready? First is this. Excellence promotes you. Simple. Excellence promotes you. Daniel 6, 3 through 5. Look at it. Then Daniel, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm or the whole kingdom. This, this, this man was taken in as a slave, as he was, he was taken in, in, into this kingdom against his will. But the king thought so much of him, he wanted to put him over the whole kingdom. That's an excellent spirit. So look, look at this now. Daniel does so well, the king wants to promote him. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom. I love this. But they could find no charge or fault. Wow. Because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the laws of his God. I, I, I love this. Daniel did his job so well that it's like, yeah, how are we going to catch this man? Here's what I want to tell you about excellence. Do what you do so well that nobody can say anything about you. Do it so well that they're like, I can't even find fault in this. Because like, even if they don't like you, they have to respect you. That's the beautiful thing about excellence. Excellence is, is, is less about what you do and more about how well you do it. Because no matter how big or small the task, when you look at it with a spirit of excellence, once again, it's not about, it's not about what you are doing because you're looking at the task thinking about who you're doing it for. Daniel didn't do anything for the king. He respected and honored the king, but he cared more about honoring his God. So he did whatever he had to do with a spirit of excellence. Let me add, like, 
How do you operate on a daily basis? Do, do, you, do you rush things? Do, 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 you, do you like do things haphazardly? Like, do you leave things undone? Ah, I'll just come back to it tomorrow. Do, 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 you, do you show up on time? Like, are you always late for stuff? Like, it, it matters how you, you, you do things. I, I love my mom growing up. She has this saying that she, she ingrained it in my brain as a child and still says it to this day. And I hear her tell my, my daughter and all her grandchildren, and she used to tell it to me just like this. Said, Terry, I don't care what you choose to do in life. Even if you're going to slap burgers on a bun, you better slap them on there better than anybody that ever did it. You do it to the best of your ability. Whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. She's been telling me that my entire life. So excellent spirit, even as a young boy built up, I can't, man, I had so many jobs, I can actually remember them all, but I remember like my first job. My first, my first job, I worked at Georgia's Auto Detailing. I worked at a car wash, yo. I was 15 years old, a little car wash in Opelika. I'll never forget it. And my mom said, if you start working, then you got to buy your, your school clothes. I said, oh, I bet. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Because she's trying to teach me responsibility as a young man. 15 years old. Say, so Terry, you go out there and wash them cars? You better, you better shine them cars up. All right, mama, I'm going to go out there. I started washing cars in Opelika. I, I worked my way up through the car wash. By the time I left the, the job, because my boss had clients everywhere, I wasn't washing cars in Opelika anymore. He would send me to Star Island to wash cars. He's like, I could trust you over there. These other ones, I can't mess with them. <laughs> so I know you're going to go over there. I know you're not going to enjoy a ride. I know you're going to go over there and handle business. Next job I had, Old Navy. I loved it. I lo I, <laughs> you already said, that's why you fold so good. <laughs> that literally is where I learned to fold right. Man, I, 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 used, to, I used to have that, that denim stack so pristine. <laughs> I was looking at you funny while you was taking it out, too. I was like, I just folded that. working my way up. Everything I did, they, they noticed my fault. They noticed my interaction with customers. I used to sell more than anybody on the floor. You ain't scared to talk to people like that? Well, I mean, it's my job, so if I got to talk to people, I'm going to talk to people. I, I, after that, oh my goodness, I, I was so many different things. I made futons for a living, y'all. I was the best futon maker on the planet. Boss loved the way I made my futons. He loved me so much. I was the manager at one point. After that, I was a, I was a TA um, in, in my graduate program. I got to do that. The teacher loved me so much because she really had to teach because I knew everything that she was teaching. I was able to teach to all other, all other students that was there. I worked for a, a minor league baseball team. I, I, I worked as a, as a mailman. I was a casual carrier, my goodness gracious, in far Rockaway, New York. I had to push my little mail car. I did it all summer long. That job paid well, too. Praise God. They was like, hey, man, you want to, you, hey, we, we going to give you the truck next. You want to do that? I was like, nah, man, I'm going back to college, man. I, <laughs> this was just for the summer. 
I freelance. I was a teacher when I first came back here. I, I worked in an aftercare program. I became the director of the aftercare program. I was, I, I, I was volunteering in youth ministry, and eventually I became the youth director. Eventually I became a youth pastor, and you know the rest of the story because I'm here right now. Whatever I did, I did it to the best of my ability, and I found promotion in every season because I had a spirit of excellence. There's not one position that I've ever held where I got stuck in that position. Because here's the thing. I never got into the position to climb the ladder. When I got into the position, my, 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 my goal was not to climb the ladder. It was to conquer whatever step I was on. That could change somebody's Because especially with this new generation of, of workers, you want to be a boss and you've never worked. Boss up. Who's your employees? Boss up. You know how to do payroll? You haven't even filled out to get your EIN for your business, but you're talking about boss up. It's like, what's the EIN? <laughs> Let me just tell you, you don't have one of them, the tax man coming for you. Like, like you, 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 uh, listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like diminish an entrepreneurial spirit. Praise God that this generation has that. But you still got to work. Like, 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 like take pride in where you are right now. Crush that. Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. By humbling myself, it doesn't say, oh, this position I'm in right now is just a stepping stone to the next position. No, I'm here to serve in this space and whatever I can do, because while I'm here, I want this company to thrive. I want, I want to fill in any gap. I want to fill in any hole. I'm going to come early. I'm going to stay late. Whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it because I have chosen to be here right now and give my time to this. There is not one boss in the world that will not consider you for promotion if that's the kind of mentality that you have. Don't, don't come in the thing, the ladder climb, conquer the step that you are on right now. Hope that helps somebody. Tell me my entire life. And here's the thing, I still know this ain't the end. We gonna keep growing God's kingdom in Jesus' name. But, we're, but, but while we're growing it, we say, man, we gonna serve right here to the best of our ability. Everywhere we go, we serve and we get promoted. Hmm. Man, what was my mama trying to tell me? Excellence isn't an option. It's a requirement. Wherever you go, do it well, like, because here's the thing, in whatever position you're in, nobody wants you to be okay at a position. Let me ask you this, you get sick, you want an okay doctor? <laughs> Mr. Wilson, we know you're about to go into surgery today. Uh, we got the most average doctor in the nation. What? <laughs> Who wants that? I want the best, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to see doctor. Give me the one that got eight. I, I, I want the one that I know is going to give me sp the specific care that I need. That's going to treat me like he was treating one of his family members. I want somebody that's excellent at what they do. Nobody wants, nobody wants something average, man. Mm -mm -mm. 
Nobody's satisfied with okay. You, you, so, so, so if you want the best in life, why don't you think that God wants the best out of you? I'm a silent quit. God, you gave me your best, but I'm a silent quit. What? God wants the best out of you because he gave you his best. That's what he always gives us. Like everybody desires to be better and reach higher heights, but you got to ask yourself. You got to ask yourself because this is what Daniel was good at. Does the work you do leave people speechless? Daniel worked so well, they couldn't say nothing about him. Does your work leave people speechless? Some of you be so mad. My haters always talking about me. Work in such a way that you shut them up. I'm in the business of making my haters silent. Because here's the thing. Some of you think you got to clap back to make your haters silent. No, you just need to work well. I work so well. Try to find something to say about me. Try to find, like... If anything, I'm going to make my haters more mad because they can't find nothing to say about the way I do what I do. And truth is, a lot of times people hate on you because they just want to be you. Hmm. Work in such a way, like I wake up, I wake up every day trying to shut the devil up. I Because what does is, what is, what is the Bible call the devil? He is the accuser of the brethren. What's he doing all day? You look, look at her. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You see her? You see her? She did it again. She did. He, look, look at him. He did, he did again. He, look, look, look. This is just how I had to see him because like the devil is so insignificant to me. So many people give like the devil so much. But oh, the, oh, the devil got he is so insignificant. He is minuscule in my thing. He is underneath my feet in the net. The, so like I, I clown him. He's oh, you don't feel like he going to get it. Come at me, bro. I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about it because the God I serve is bigger than the devil that he defeated. He's so insignificant to me. I, I wake up to frustrate him daily. See, some of you, the only reason people are talking about you is because you've given them ammunition. What are you going to say about me? Am I perfect? No. Well, man, every day, man, I'm being perfected in Christ Jesus. They always talk about me on social media. What are you giving them ammo? Look, look what you're doing. Like you are, you, you, you are here being messy and you mad people talking about you. Stop giving them stuff to talk about. Do your work in such a way that it shuts people up. This is, this is what Daniel was trying to show us because excellence will never tear you down, but it'll always put you in a position for promotion. Amen. But secondly, excellence prepares you. Excellence promotes you. Excellence prepares you. Look at Daniel 6. 10 and 11, it says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, let me tell you how wicked these people were. They couldn't catch him on anything that he was doing wrong, so he was doing nothing wrong. So what they did was they made up a new law that says if anybody prays to a God that is, that is not King Darius, then they get thrown in the lion's den. That's the short version of what the law would have said. And they knew that every day, Daniel, he would get down at a window that faced Jerusalem. They knew he would get down and pray. So they said, we got to make up something to trap him because he's done nothing wrong. 
So they make up this law. And then as soon as Daniel goes to do what he's always done, they say, King, Daniel just broke a law. King like, what law? The law we just made up? That you signed? Look, look, look at this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his... Uh, he, <laughs> he heard about the decree. He didn't say, oh, they just made a decree to stop me from praying. I should stop praying. He heard about the decree. He said, man, let me go pray. Right. Daniel was excellent, but he was petty too. <laughs> he says he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem three times a day. He said, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to pray three times. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group. They found Daniel praying. What else is they going to find him doing? He did it every day and asking God for help. When you have an excellent spirit, you're prepared for whatever the enemy wants to throw at you because the things you put into practice on a daily basis will be the same things that you turn to when trouble comes. Daniel didn't just pray before Excuse me, Daniel didn't just pray when he got thrown into the lion's den. He was praying all the way up until he got thrown into the lion's den. It was a, it was a common practice. And it makes me laugh because like Christians, we often put stuff into practice when the trouble comes. It's not like a continual practice. It's just not who we are. When you operate in excellence, it's something that you're always doing. People want to pray to God when the drama comes, when they should have been praying to God that another day has come. Like, people want to pull out their Bibles and, and show up to church to get a word when they feel like they need a word. But you should be here every time the door is open and you should be in your word every day getting a word. Like, if the only time you get a word is from me, I actually feel sorry for you. Because... You're not living out the fullness of what this thing truly has to offer. I am, I am a man that makes mistakes. So I cannot be your only filter for God's word. You got to get into it for yourself. I said, don't trust me. Trust him. He gives you the guidelines right here. What has your excellent spirit prepared you for? Because see, excellent, excellent people with excellent spirits, they're always prepared for the worst. Why? Because if you're like Daniel, you'll know this to be true. Repetition is reputation. Yes. Repetition is reputation. Did Daniel pray before they made the law? When they made the law, what did they find Daniel doing? Repetition. He did it three times a day. Every day, it was second nature for him. Scientists have even broken this down into different studies and said, man, if you do something for 21 days straight, that's how you build positive habits in your life. Honestly, when I started working out again, I was like, yo, let me just make it to day 21. If I could just make it to day 21, then I'm going I'm to I'm start. You know, now the, the mornings that were so hard, it's like, oh, Lord, I got to, oh, Lord, I got to go to the gym this morning. I don't feel like that no more. I'm like, all right, time to go. Because I've done it so much now that now it's become a part of who I am. Repetition is reputation. If, if you have known me for a long time, um, there was a season in my life where I did not eat meat. I didn't eat meat for eight years. Eight years. I was a pescatarian. Wouldn't touch it. That's hard in an island household. 
My dad's a Vinci, my mother's a Trini, my wife is Haitian. It's like, it's, it's meat getting thrown at you left and right. <laughs> meat, breakfast, meat. Lunch, meat. Dinner, meat. Dessert, meat. And I was just like, ah, nah. And I did it for health reasons. At the time, I was like, man, I just I want to be healthy as I can. I became a pescatarian, did it for eight years. Started in 2012. You know what made me stop? 2020. <laughs> I was like, Lord, because I, I, I ain't going to lie. I mean, I always feel like Jesus coming back. But in 2020, I was like, God, if you're going to come back this year, I'm just going to eat one hamburger. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to just... I'm going to go out with a smile. If you go rapture me, I'm going to have a double cheeseburger with bacon in my mouth. Because it's been so long since I... 2020 cured me of that pescatarian stuff, man. Now I'm, I'm throwing steaks down, snossages. I'm eating it all. Cured me, man. But I had done that for so long, that was like a reputation that I carried. People knew, oh, when T-Con don't handle me. And so much so, literally, um, somebody came by my house two days ago, and they brought, they brought some soup uh, for, my, for my mother in love, and, and the person has known me for so long, they was like, I'm sorry, Terrence, you can't eat this soup because there's, there's goat in the soup. It was goat. I said, I said, oh, you, you, you must not have heard. <laughs> Goats fear me. Back, he coming. Back up. Back up, y'all. He coming. <laughs> but I laugh because once again, because they saw me doing something so long, even now, after I've stopped doing it, it is a reputation that I carry with some people. Repetition is reputation. You see, the things that you do consistently will dictate how excellent your reputation is. And your reputations matter. Why? Because reputations have a tendency to get everywhere before you do. So make sure your reputation is saying something good about you. Excellence will dictate your reputation. And so will your messiness. Another sermon. Do things consistently. Live in an excellent nature, and it will become your reputation. Look at, look at Daniel. I love this. Daniel 6, 16 says, so the king gave the order, because he had to. He didn't want to. He loved Daniel. He's like, all right, well, I guess I signed this law. I wasn't paying attention. Okay, well, Daniel, they, they wrote it. I, I'm going to look like a punk if I don't follow through with it with the people, so I got to go. I got to do it. So the king gave the order. And they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. But look at what the king says to Daniel. I love this. The king says to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. May your God, whom you serve continually. Daniel was so consistent with serving his God, even the king knew. Because this is who you are. I'm, I'm, I'm praying and believing that because you're consistent in this, the thing you're consistent in will save you. When excellence is your spirit, 
your continual habits, and I don't know who I'm talking to, that's what's going to prepare you for the lion's den. Some of you are going to leave this church today and you're going to walk into the lion's den tomorrow. What are you continually doing to prepare you for the lion's den on Monday? A continual prayer life will prepare you for the lion's den. Continual scripture reading will prepare you for the lion's den. Continually not forsaking the gathering of the saints because there's encouragement and the body will prepare you for the lion's den. See, excellent people, we don't, we don't worry when the lions come out. Because the same thing that we focused on before we got thrown into the lion's den is the same thing that we know will get us out of the lion's den. You think Daniel stopped praying when he got into the lion's den? He prayed before the lion's den. He prayed when the law came. He prayed when they threw him into the lion's den. He prayed so much that when he was finally in the lion's den, the lions acted like puppies instead of lions. It was a continual habit. And it became his reputation. Daniel got into the habit of continually asking God. So when the drama came, he already knew where to turn. The true beauty of this story, though, is not even that Daniel's reputation preceded him. The beautiful thing about this story is that Daniel's reputation made the king cheer him on. And Daniel made a God that... You've been praying to all this time. May he come through again. Third point. Excellence points away from you and back to God. When you begin to see how God operates in your life time and time again, when, when people begin to see it, when they see God on your life, how he's always showing up, you know what they do? They can't take your eye, their eyes off you. But when they look at you and they see the God in you, what happens is you become a mirror. You begin to reflect God to them because they start to look at you and they say, how's this person's life always? What's the one thing? Because see, you think people ain't watching you, they're watching you. They're trying to see what you're consistent in doing. Who are they, who they always talking about? What are they, always, they always at church. What are they doing there? They always got that praise and worship plan. I don't be wanting to hear it all the time. Some of it sound good, though. That Maverick City's a vibe, but like, what they always, what's that they always doing? What's that they always talking about? See, if you're really living in an excellent spirit, excellence should point away from you and it should point directly to the God that you serve. The king has such respect for the type of man that Daniel was, it ultimately made him respect the God that he served. You see, what I found is, and what this story will show us, is that people will either respect God or disrespect God based upon how they view you. If you're going to clap, clap. Don't give me a petty clap. I know people that don't want to have anything to do with God because of us. Like social media is such a scary thing, man. Like you hear the stories, oh my God, of pastors cutting up. And I, 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 listen, here's what you're not going to get me to do. I'm not going to talk negatively about any man or woman of God. Why? Because I have seen what happens in the Bible when people come against God's people, even if God's people ain't acting all the way correct. So I ain't going to say nothing negative about nobody. Don't come here for that. You ain't going to find it here. But it is disappointing when I see how some of my brothers and sisters act because 
though they may believe it just affects them, the problem is, is that people are looking at us to know if they should respect the God that we serve. It, it, it saddens me. It's like I've heard people say, oh, I ain't coming to church. All the pastors, all, all pastors do is ask for money. Well, that's not true. But because that's an example you've seen, now you put that stipulation on every church that you ever go to. Oh, oh man, Pat, they just, they, 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 they talking fast, but they, they living slow. Like what? I don't even know what that means. I just <laughs> sounded right, you know? Because you can't just talk a word, you got to be it. You, you got you to live it out. But I, I, I'm, I'm more conscious of the sermon I preach with my life than the sermon I preach with this mic. You, you see this for 45 minutes on a Sunday, but you can see the picture of my life all week long. And I got to make sure that that picture is consistent with the God that I serve. It's a simple message. I wish I had something more profound for you today, but I always want my life to preach better than my sermon. I, 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 I love this because like we, we've, some of us have done this so, so wrong, but we are called to live in excellence in every area of our life so that it is undeniable that our God is amazing. It should be undeniable. Like, it shouldn't even be a question for people when they see us. It's like the, the Christians that walk around like this. Where's the God of joy that you serve? It's not on your face. I, I'm I, I had to break out of that. I'm from Carroll City, so I, I naturally mean mug everybody. It's a defense mechanism. I'm like. And one day I got called out by some, church, some, some folks at church. I was at Walmart. There's like. Pastor T, why are you so mad? I'm like, I'm not. And then I had to fix my face. I'm from CC, man, you know. So I am. Now I smile too much, probably. Oh, he friendly. He always smiling. So I love Jesus. I'm happy. You be mad if you want to. I'm happy. You say hi to everybody. So you ain't made a friend in two years. Be happy. I brush my teeth. I want people to see Like, the way we live makes our God attractive to people. And I want to get, I, I get to the place, I want to start, I want to get to be like David. Like, where, where kings start looking at you and, and, and saying, may the, may the God you serve come through for you again. I want, I want people to start promoting God based upon the way that I live my life. I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to get to a place where they say, man, the God of the Wilsons must be good. Have you seen their life? Have you seen it? Like, like they always positive. I, I see God in that. That fa man, that family is so together, man. They came pristine clothes, not wrinkled. <laughs> Hair done, nail done, everything did. And kids thriving, getting A's and B's in school. Ain't out here acting crazy. I mean, she's still a preteen, but Lord, I'm, I'm thanking God for any win I can get. That business is booming. You seen them? They over here. They over there. 
What they doing? Church is growing? What, what, what are they doing? Everything they put their hand to, they do it with excellence. So their God must be good. That's the kind of life that I want to live. I want to give people a reason to cheer for our God. That's what I want my life to reflect. And because of Daniel's excellent spirit, the king eventually began to focus on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the living God, because of how God kept on showing up in Daniel's life. There's certain people I look at and I know God's real. Like if I talk about my mom, I might start crying, man. I just seen God show up again and again and again and again over a life. I'm like, whoever you serving, I want to serve him too. Because I ain't never seen nobody get as many miracles as you. I look at my Aunt Jen, man. My Aunt Jen is the, oh my, she's the sweetest lady on the planet. Anything she wants, she got, she retired, she got money in her pocket, she paid for stuff, cash. She is a, she is a G. I'm from Carroll City, so that's the only way I can say it. She a G. Any, anything she wants, she could do. And every time, every time a miracle happens in her life, you know what she says? It's all God. It's all God. She ain't gotta gotta worry about nothing because she always gives God the credit for everything. But my entire life that I've known her, her character has been consistently excellent. There is no one more detailed oriented than my Aunt Janice. When she wants something a certain way, it's gonna be a certain way. Why? Because she's not doing it for herself. Even in the little things, she gives God the glory. And she has been richly blessed. So you cannot look at her life without seeing God. Ask yourself that question. Can people look at your life and miss God? That's a scary place to be. Like, I'm all about being cool, but I don't want to be so cool that you can't see God. I, I don't walk up to people and introduce myself as Pastor Terrence. I'm Terrence. So they find out. But you know how they find out? and the way I treat them, the way I love them, the way I talk to them. And God opens up opportunities for me to say who I am, but I don't even have to leave. I'm not trying to hide who I am. I just want my character to show up more than my title. When God's people are excellent, people change. Some of you want so your spouse to change, your kids to change. Let me tell you, let me ask, what, what example are you setting? I said that, that commercial I used to watch growing up, and it probably still comes on, but little Johnny, he out there smoking drugs, and the dad walks in so mad, Johnny, where did you get this? And he's like, Dad, I learned it by watching you. <laughs> what example are you setting? I want, I, I want my husband to treat me better. How you treat him? <laughs> Fellas, I'm here for y'all. <laughs> Thank you. I want him to be more, more romantic. When the last time you gave that brother some romance? I want some, I, I, I want to be, I want to be courted. It goes both ways. My kids so disrespectful when they talk. 
why you you be talking to everybody sideways too though uh, you, you, you mad you're getting back what you're putting out people need to be able to see the God in you you need to reflect God off of you so that he can get glory our everyday actions you can be as spiritual as you want to but the most practical way I can break this down for you is that our everyday actions show how amazing God is not how much scripture you know that doesn't show people how, how great God is not, not how much you pray that does not show people how great God is how are you acting every single day that's how people know who God is amen and lastly as the band comes up because it'll be quick excellence prospers you in every season it prospers you in every season it promotes you it prepares you it points back to God and it prospers you in every season Daniel I love this 628 so Daniel prospered during the reign of King Darius in the reign of Cyrus the Persian, who was the king that came after Darius, who would eventually release the Jews from exile. Daniel prospered. He prospered. He, he prospered so much, like he had a king that served another god declare that his God was the one true God. I skipped over it, but I'm going to go back. Daniel 6, 25 to 27. After Daniel comes out the lion's den, then King Darius wrote to all the nations and all the peoples in every language in all the earth. That's how powerful King Darius was. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. That sounds like some scripture I know. Got the king quoting scripture, he ain't never picked up the book. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. A king who did not serve God wrote a decree for all the people to fear him and revere him. That's how powerful Daniel's excellent reputation was. And Daniel beyond that has such a prosperous life. He was in exile, in a bad situation. Remember I told you the reason he got there is because he had been kidnapped. He had been taken against his will. But even in a bad situation, God allowed him to prosper. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but who says you can't prosper where you are? Just because your situation is an ideal doesn't mean you still can't win. Daniel prospered. Four kings. He prospered through four kings. See, people, we often live lives waiting for a situation to change so then we can win. 
when God is saying, I put you here in this season to be excellent right now for a reason. You waiting for the next season to be excellent when I'm asking you to be excellent right now. Right now. What is God saying? If you're here, you make it better. That could change somebody. If, if you're here, you make it better. Because if you're waiting till you get to here, who promised you you'll ever get here? So make it good here. Stop complaining about the house you got, the apartment you got. Make that thing great right here. Add value to it here. Stop, stop complaining about the car that you got. Go wash it after church, please. Change your oil. Change the bath. Make it good right here. My last vehicle lasted me for 15 years. Let me tell you something. We are way past, we are, we are way past the time where a car is a status symbol. No one freaking cares. Oh, look what he drives. Ain't nobody out there doing that. Ain't nobody doing that. I can't wait till my kids get older so they behave. No! Start training a child up here in the way that they should go. So, it doesn't say train a child up in the way that they should go so that as they get older, you could keep training them. Train them here so that when they get old, they will not depart. Some of you are waiting to instill things in your children that you actually need to be instilling in them now. Maybe if we have this baby, or maybe when we get this house, or maybe when I get a better job, or maybe when I got more money, then my marriage will be better. No. Go on the cruise. Make it good here. Here. Go leave church and take your wife on a date. Here. Don't wait till over here. Because by the time you get there, she might not want to deal with you anymore. Do it here. I respect him when he start making more money. No. Respect him here. Because if you respect him here, that man will die for you. That man will work so hard knowing that I go home to a woman that respects me. So I'll die for her right here. Don't wait on when he, when, when he balling and he can get my hair done, nails done. Then, no. Do it here. My wife respected me when I had a bike with one tire. She respected me here. I'll find value when I finally get the relationship. No, value yourself here. A man cannot validate you. A woman cannot validate you. God validated you the day he made you. Get it here. 
here. I can't tell you the calls and the, and the texts and the messages. Oh, I, I, I want to end my life because I just, I, I, Pastor, I, I can't figure it out because I still haven't gotten this and I still haven't gotten that and I feel like a failure and I don't know what to do. Stop! God loves you right here. God doesn't love you because you think you're successful. God doesn't love you because you've done a bunch of stuff. He loves you because he made you to be loved. He can love you right here. I'll come to church after I got a bunch of stuff figured out. No. Church is not for the people that got it figured out. Church is for the people that's messed up like me. That believe that God wants to love me right here. Not after I get over here. Pastor, I'm going to be excellent, then I'm going to come back. No, 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 no. Our level of excellence is not defined by us because we cannot set the standard of excellence in God's kingdom. There was only one. There was only one that has ever come. There's only one that has ever walked this earth that has set a standard of excellence for us all. He was sinless. He was blameless. The Bible says he was perfect. Perfection. Stretched himself out on the cross for a bunch of people that were made to be excellent but we're living a mediocre life because that's what sin does. Sin makes you mediocre. But when I take my ordinary and I accept Jesus, the extraordinary God, when God sees me, he does not see my sin that makes me mediocre. He sees his son who is perfect, who's extraordinary, who the Bible that I read in John 10, 10 says, he has come to give life and life more abundantly. Let me translate that for you. God wants you to live not an ordinary life. He wants you to live an extraordinary life. He wants you to live an excellent life. And the only way to live a life that is excellent is to live a life in Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man gets to the Father except through him so you can continue to be mediocre if you want to. But today, if you want to grab a hold of an excellence that points people back to God, you must first grab a hold of Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you living out there and you say, I'm tired of living mediocre. I'm tired of living in sin. I want to live in excellence. 
There is no excellence apart from Jesus. It's impossible. Like, it's an impossible endeavor without him. Because Jesus loved you so much, he died on a cross and he gave you everything that he deserved through his grace. And he took everything that we deserved. All the sin, all the shame, all the guilt, all the mediocre, he took upon himself and killed it on a cross for all of eternity. But I love it because the story doesn't end there. He rose again. And it show us that there's nothing we can't get back from. Maybe you've been living a mediocre life because you say, man, sin, I, I be trying to, pass. I be trying to do right, man, but like, it's so hard. Let me tell you something. Stop, stop trying to be perfect and start trusting Jesus because he will allow you to live in excellence through him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My call is simple. My call is clear. You say, pastor, I need Jesus. I want to live an excellent life in Jesus Christ. And I know the only way to do that, I got to give myself completely to him. I got to be all into him. When you're excellent, it ain't a halfway thing. Some of you have been like one toe in with Jesus, one toe out. That's not excellence. Excellence is saying, I'm going to go all in. I may fail sometimes, but I won't give up. See, some of you have tried Jesus, you failed, and you've been reserved ever since. No, that's not what this call is. This call is for the person that says, I want to be excellent and I can't do it without Jesus. And this time I'm going to try with everything inside of me to trust him because that's what is required to live an excellent life. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you have. But today you say, you know what? I'm taking it serious. If that's you, you want to give it all to Jesus on the count of three, no matter where you are, don't look around this room because when you're excellent, it ain't about what other people are doing. It's about what God has called you to do. Count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. I see you and 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 you. I said all those you's because I want you to know you're not alone. If you really want to be excellent, stand up. If your hands up, stands up. If your hands up, stand up. Don't be scared now. Don't be scared now. Don't go halfway with it. Go all the way with it. Come on. Don't be scared now. Stand up. Yep, I see you. I see you. I see you. They clapping because they already know what this means in the kingdom. If you already did that part, come down. Let me pray with you. Come on. You already standing up. Come down. Come let me pray with you. Come on. 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 No going back. No going back. Everybody standing. Everybody I'm proud of all of y'all. 
but more than that, heaven is. Maybe you're out there, he's like, yo, I want to go, but it's like, ah, oh, it's so hard. Listen, this family, so you don't got to do nothing alone. I want you right now to look at your neighbor and say, hey, if you really want to go down there and you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, grab them by the hand and walk them down right. Just look, because I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure everybody's good. There's no pressure. I just want to make sure. Uh, see? Come on. Yep. Come on. Yep. Praise God. Yep. Praise God. It's all right. That's what family's about. Yeah, come on. Praise God. Clap for them while they come. Yep. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, man. Jesus. Jesus. Bible says, Romans 10, 9. This is where a lot of people, like, get it messed up. Because they'll come down, like, every week. It's like, God, I'm not right. I'm not right. I'm not right. I'm not right. You're not. Neither am I. But my excellence, the excellent spirit that I carry is because I trust that Jesus Christ has done the work I cannot do. If Jesus sets the bar up here and he is perfection, can I tell you none of us can hit that bar? That's why I trust that he can. Because I know that I cannot. So I don't live my life, I don't live my life trying to please God by being perfect because I cannot no matter what I do because my flesh and my spirit are at war with one another and there are things I'm fighting inside of myself daily and when the fight gets the hardest I say dear Jesus you know I can't carry this I can't carry this and I just feel something in my spirit that helps me push through you don't have to be perfect Jesus is perfection. Trust in his perfection. That's how you live an excellent life. I'm going to tell you one more thing, and I'm looking at my sister Nicole. That's why it made me think of it. And this is super practical. She told me this for my weight. I'm going to tell you this for your spirit. Nicole's a trainer, so she works out all the time, super healthy. There's two things she said, and this was at my three-week mark. She said, tell yourself now you got to go six weeks. I said, Okay. She said, because you, you need to see something in the distance to run towards. But then she also told me this, because I told her I got a, a sweet craving. She says, when you have a craving, says this is, a, this is like a study that's been done. Set a clock, set a timer on your phone for four minutes. Set a timer for four minutes. And once the four minutes pass, ask yourself if you still want that same thing. You know, I've been doing that. And the stuff that I want, I just be like, nah, I'm good. I really don't want it. Here's what I'm asking you to do in the spirit. When the temptation comes, take out your phone, set the clock for four minutes. And I want you to sit there. And before you make a move, I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray for that four, because I believe that in that moment, God could shift something in your spirit that allows you to put that temptation to the side. It's, 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 a, very it's a very practical thing to do. It's like it's hard for me and my wife to have an argument when I say, hey, baby, let's, let's stop and pray. Nobody wants to argue when you're praying. <laughs> oh, I want to I go on this website and I want to look at this and that. You know what? Let me turn. Let me just pray for a second. Oh, I want to go here. Before I go, God, do I need to be there? Is that going to bless me by going? I'm trying to tell you, because you've already made this decision. We're going to pray to seal it, but I want to give you a practical step. When you walk out that door and Pastor T ain't with you, and you ain't surrounded by the saints. Take out your phone for me. God help me. 
God, you ain't got to know all of her. Just God, help me. Help me make a better decision. I pray if you stop and think, if you stop and pray, if you stop and ponder the spirit of the most high God, you'll make a better decision. Amen. Bible says in Romans 10 now when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he is raised from the dead you're saved don't let nobody take that away from you because you're going to go back into the world and be like oh I see you you still over here doing that I'm not who I was I'm a child of God I'm not I'm not I'm not who I, I'm not who you think I am now you begin to live it out every day amen so we're going to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart I want everybody here and online to repeat this after me. If you're at the front, maybe you want to raise your hand and say, why? I'm surrendering. I know I'm not perfect, so I'm surrendering because I want a spirit of excellence that only Jesus can give me. Everybody say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's that simple. Proud of you. Check this out. See that sign right there? Hold it up, sis. Yeah, Arnell's holding that sign for you. He says, welcome to the family. That's what you are. I can't tell you how many times I did what you're doing right now. And one day, I see you, sis. One day, something changed in my heart. I'm like, I'm seeking perfection when I should have been seeking Jesus. And it shifted the way that I think about all this stuff. He is perfect. So if I keep going after him, if I keep doing the things he did, I'm going to get better every day. And it's one day at a time. Amen? So you family, you got family supporting you. I can't open up the ceiling and show you what's happening in heaven right now, but there's a celebration. Like God himself is celebrating you right now. So you can't see it, but I want you to hear it. So in a second, where you at? Told y'all I got hands on from Kiro City. All right. I want y'all to go out there with them. If you need prayer for anything, they'll pray with you. Uh, if you got questions, don't like just blindly accept, oh, I accept Jesus and I don't know what to do with my life. No, go ask questions. We're not scared of your questions. We'll show you in God's word what we need to show you. But I got a gift for you. There's a Bible, WWJD bracelet, a letter, all kinds of fun stuff in here just for you. Lamont, here you go, my brother. Um, and I want to make sure you get that. So on the count of three, y'all going to cheer. They're going to walk. They're not getting raptured. They're not getting indoctrinated into a cult. They're just going to the courtyard, okay? So family, you can find them out there. And the church said... All right, so on the count of three, you ready? Let them know how much God loves them. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Let them know. Let them know. They are sons and daughters of the Most High God that loves them, that made them, that believes in them, that cherishes them, that honors them. Come on. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. 
then be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.